everyone. Thank you for joining us and welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes by equipping people to manage change. And on this episode, I am joined with a good friend of mine, Sabrina Fisher, and we are going to talk about what you need to build a beautiful life so that you can live your best life right now. Welcome, Sabrina. How are you, darling? I am splendid. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. I have been... Um, you know, you and I go go back a few, and it's been amazing to me to watch the journey that you have taken in your life and how you have taken control of so many things that a lot of women deal with all the time, and we really don't know how to pull ourselves out of. So you have started this awesome, um, I'm going to call it a movement instead of an organization or a business, where it's about being beautiful and you spell it b-e-y-o-u-t-i-f-u-l so tell me tell us a little bit about what be building beautiful is all about okay so um a few years back and, and you know my story i went through divorce and while going through divorce it created a financial disaster for my life so as I was going through the journey of realizing what it is I needed to do to get back on track, um, when I was starting to see clear on the other side, I then started asking God, so what do I do with all of what I just went through? Because this was exhausting, trying to get beyond everything that I had just experienced. And I was starting to write things down and journal and and ask myself questions. And as I started do, going through that period of understanding what I just went through after getting on the other side, Building Beautiful was created because I think that you can build your life over and you can start over and you can live your best life after experiencing a very traumatic experience. Divorce, financial disaster, you know, I'm on the other side of that now, and I want to pull back, and I want to reach back and then pull someone else forward so they don't have to go through um, the extended journey of getting to the other side and building their best life now. You know, and, it, and it's interesting that you said um, something that I think a lot of people don't do. You know, we get on the other side of it, but we don't really look back and say, okay, how can I rebuild? How can I, what did I learn from that? And what are the things that I pulled out of it that I can pour in and, and use to build a better life? A lot of us look and we're like, okay, we're through that, we're past that, let me shut the door, put it in a box, you know, bury that sucker in the backyard <laughs> because I don't wanna think anything about it. Were you, did you look back on, on how you could come out of it and what you could pull out of it because of naturally reflecting, or did you have some help in that area? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. Um, the natural part of it is, is just, you know, when you take that breather when you're on the other side and you go, whoo, that was life. Mm -hmm. And you start to see that thing turn around hopefully everyone looks at it and goes, whatever their situation is, looks at it and go, I never want to go through that again. 
What is it that I need to do so I don't do this again? And that's when I really started putting in the work, which was a natural part of me because I didn't want to experience that part of life like ever again. So if it meant that I had to now start making smarter decisions, you know, being more aware and self-focused, then that's what I was going to do because repeating that was not an option. <laughs> and I like the way you say repeating that was not an option because I, I can't tell you how many people that I have run into, and, and I've been guilty of it myself, where you look at certain situations and you know, here's the cycle. It's going to repeat around the same time this year or the same time next year or the same time the year after that they're going to be in the same situation. And I think we just get used to and comfortable with the dysfunction. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying, yes, I was agreeing with you that yes, we, we know the cycles. We know the things that we have experienced. We can almost hit it, but that's almost a, um, there's a word that I'm trying to find for it, but it's almost like you stay in constant survival mode and you never get to move to thriving. I want to show you that, yeah, after you survive, there's a period where you should be thriving in life. And when you start thriving, you don't want to go back to survival mode. I've been there. It's exhausting. It's tiring. It's frustrating. It's stressful. And there's other ways to manage life. And, you know, I, I love the way that you say you're moving past survival to thriving. I can tell you there are so many times, especially in my life, um, where I realized I was not living. I was not enjoying myself. I was constantly on edge. I was stressed out. I was constantly looking at, okay, what's the next thing that's going to come in and bowl me over or run over me and, and always looking at how am I supposed to deal with these problems and issues instead of really looking at being my best self, living my best life, um, you know, thriving and being successful and being happy instead of constantly worrying and, and really keeping myself in prison, um, in the prison of what had happened before. So when you start talking about, um, you know, building beautiful and being beautiful and, and your journey and how you've, you've come forward. And I noticed that I know you're a finance person and you're a numbers person. Um, and so one of the things that I know we've talked about um, and I've heard you talk about a lot is about getting your financial house in order. And so when we talk about thriving, everybody thinks that just means emotionally and mentally and physically, but there's the financial piece to that too, right? Yes, absolutely. So um, in all my, uh, all my interviews and things that I do, I always plug in that financial piece to it. So I'm glad you started with that as well, because a lot of times we are so paralyzed and moving because we do not understand our financial situation. And money is required to make big moves and decisions. You know, for me, I went from during divorce, I went from having two incomes to having one income. If I didn't know my financial position and I was still spending as though I had, and in the beginning I did, I still continued to spend as though I had two incomes coming into the house. But you know, when those bills start hitting and you realize that 
there is no second income. And now I'm digging this hole for myself that I'm going to eventually have to get over because these things are tied to my credit score. It's tied to my, you know, everything um, that was being reported on me as far as my finances are concerned. And then I'm work, I was working a job that required you to have good credit. So I had to be aware of those things. So I couldn't stay there too long, even though I was trying to wallow in my um, misery. But eventually you're going to have to orient yourself into what your financial position is. And if it's not a financial issue, orientation of where you are is going to be necessary for you to be able to move into building your best life now, because you're going to have to know where you are. That's financially, that's mentally, that's emotionally. You're going to have to do that self-assessment that's going to get you to where you're going to be moving from. Because now you got to bridge that gap from where you are currently to where you want to go. Yeah. Now, I will tell you, I, and I, I tell everybody, I said, for years, I was like, I'm not a numbers person. I look at this whole thing of my budget and trying to figure out, you know, my financial goals and where I want to go in my business and where I want to be in my personal life and how to dig myself out of the hole. And it was overwhelming for me. And so I did what a lot of people do when things are overwhelming. You say, I'm not going to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way to do it. I'm just not going to deal with it. Um, But at some point, like you said, I was forced to face that. And in that, I also faced my own issues when it came to finances. I I faced my own fears when it came to finance. And I had to to educate myself um, and understand myself and where all of that started. So when we're talking about all of this, it's not, we're not trying to say that it's easy that you just say, oh, well, you know what, create a financial plan, know where you're going to get to, and then put your goals in place. And then you're going to be able to move forward and it's smooth sailing. We're not saying it's all easy, but we're giving you the steps that you need to take in order for you to understand that I can do this. It's one step at a time, but I know what's coming next. And for, I mean, you're a numbers person. I, I tell you that all the time. I don't know how you deal with numbers all the time, but you <laughs> like it. <laughs> oh. So was it easier for you being a numbers person to deal with your own personal finances? Um, again, it's one of those yes and no type deals. Um, yes, it was easy. I started, you know, in my initial phases of getting beyond my financial situation because I did dig a great big hole for myself, um, especially when I started looking at I'm an emotional spender. And being an emotional spender, those shoes look good, the dress looks good, the purse looks good. Everything looks great because you're getting that euphoric high in the moment of spending or buying. But then eventually you're going to have to deal with the fact that that bill is going to come if you did not pay cash for it. Mm-hmm. So um, I still had to start tracking what I was spending. I was tracking and I did it down to, I went to the store and I swiped for 50 cents. You know, I I tracked everything that was going out and coming in for a number of years. I actually still use the same spreadsheet that I started back. I think it was currently in the spreadsheet version that I'm in 2015. So I go back from 2015 to today, which is five 
years, which each month I'm still tracking my spending. It's a little bit different now because I don't have to necessarily worry about each penny that goes out. But if you look at that spreadsheet, you can see the growth in my finances from it. And I use that as a proud moment for myself to just say, girl, look at where you've been. (laughs) Look where you started. Look where you're at now. So just tracking my spending and everything has really shown me where I could improve, where I was spending money. I used to eat out a lot. So, um, but when you're starting to um, really track your finances and see what you need to do in order to get better, to get to a healthy place, eating out all the time may not be what you're able to do. It doesn't mean necessarily that you have to stop doing it altogether. However, temporarily suspending some things that used to bring you pleasure may be what you need to do in order to get your finances back in order. And, you know, I, I love how you say that, you know, you look at the spreadsheet then versus now and you're able to see the growth. Um, and I, I always talk about how we need to celebrate the small victories because they're always all of these, you know, the big issues and the big problems. And, you know, I dug myself into this dead and into this hole and, and I had a similar situation with you, you know, coming out of divorce where I had a huge hole that was, that was left for me that I had to, to, you know, crawl my way out of, but I found, I found a way of looking at my progress in a way where I could celebrate something new that I accomplished or some small goal that I set that I was able to achieve. Um, and, and one thing I want to go back to when you talked about you understood that you were an emotional spender. That you realized was an issue for you that you had to deal with. Talk a little bit about what, how our issues impact us when we're trying to build a beautiful life. Hmm. Um, so it's about, so in that, there's going to be a period of self-reflection. I think I just took about, 30 days where I still just sat in what I was doing, but I started monitoring myself more on what I was doing. I didn't limit myself at that time, but it gave me the opportunity to look at Sabrina, do that self-reflection, and then see where I was going off course. And then that's when I noticed, you know, you brought the ice cream because you left work and you were frustrated. You bought the shoes because you heard the word no. You did, you know, whatever this purchase was, and it was always tied to something else. It was never a need. It was always a, I feel. Mm -hmm. And because I feel, I did. And once I noticed that, I then knew how to start working on what I needed to do to overcome that piece. And each time as I elevated in my finances or I elevated in this journey, I still had to do that. Let me take a pause. Let me look at Sabrina and let me see why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then that helped me to correct whatever the issue was. And I still use that method today. When I'm going through something or something is a little off course, I do that self-reflection. I look at the situation. I ask myself, okay, why is this transpiring? What are you doing here? look at me, and then I'm able to make the change. You know, and that's so, I, I have so many, and, and I've, been, I've been doing that as well, because I, I look at it and I say, there's so many other things around that I can't control. Um, I can't control people and what they're going to do. I can't control what people think about me. I can't control 
what's going on with, you know, in my professional life, as far as other people, you know, the, the job, the work life, the assignments, all of that. But I can be aware of me and I can be aware of what I'm bringing to this situation because there are so many people that no matter what happens, it's never their fault. They never have anything to do with it. They never have anything. They didn't throw any gasoline on that situation and light a match. You know, they didn't <laughs> add anything to it. You know, they were just sitting there minding their business and all of this stuff happened. But I think it's a sign of growth um, when you can be honest with yourself and recognize what issues you have and what things you bring to the table and what, you know, what long-standing things that you have not dealt with um, are and how mm. those are impacting you. Um, I'm not talking about people who, you know, have some, who need some professional help and are, and, and who are, are, are trapped in their past because they have some things they need to heal from and they need to do that by working with a professional. I'm talking about most of us where, you know, we, we don't like to be the cause. We don't like to be the root um, common denominator. But I always tell people, I said, if, if you're always in a bad relationship, if you're always, you know, finding that people are treating you a certain way, if, if there's an always happening, then you have to look at the common denominator and the common denominator is usually you. So, yeah. I, so and, and that I think is and a huge thing that people really don't do enough of. Right. And to add to what you're saying is, um, what I what I understood is when you take ownership, it requ it gives you the power necessary to make changes. Mm -hmm. So I could have sat and I could have blamed my ex husband for you know whatever transpired throughout the course of our marriage. I could have blamed him for how I felt emotionally of what I was going through after we got our divorce, I could have blamed him for everything. But in blaming him, I would have never been able to take action because I would have still been waiting on him to do something to yeah. correct what he did. So when I started taking ownership, okay, you know, we're not getting back together. So now you're going to have to figure out life. Once I started looking at, okay, Sabrina, it's you. Yeah. The marriage is over. The, the next phase of your life has to begin. You can't stay here stuck. <laughs> you can't look at the past and just stay in that moment of, oh, it used to be great, or maybe I could have. No, I now have to keep moving forward. So when I, when I made up in my mind that, okay, this is what it is, own it. Now, once I, can, once I own it, I can now make decisions that are impactful for how I want to move forward. Because as long as you give that power to someone else to do or to add to or modify or whatever, you won't have the power that you need in order to make the changes that are necessary for your life. You know, and that is, that is so true because owning it gives you that power to do something about it. And I always talk about um, honoring your decisions with actions. And if you have, if you make a decision, then it's not a true decision until you act on it. If you say, I'm going to do differently or be differently, or I'm going to do this or that, if you don't start, then that's a wish or a hope or a future thing. It's not a decision. And, you know, a lot of us, when we're faced with that truth of 
you know, owning our issues and, and understanding how we're responsible and understanding that we're the ones that, you know, the buck stops with us. We get into this, you know what, I'm not in a position to do that yet. So I'll start budgeting next month when I get more money or I'll start working on this next month or in the next couple of months. Or, you know, you talk about how you couldn't wallow. You had to pick yourself up and move forward. Um, I know some people that are, are, the, are the kings and queens of procrastination. So what, do you, what kind of advice do you give to people who, are, who find themselves constantly procrastinating instead of getting, making that decision and moving forward? Well, first, they're going to need to understand that procrastination is going to cost something. And in, in one of my favorite quotes is, and, and the quote is by me, <laughs> is what you make different. I know, right? Isn't that great? The quote is by me. <laughs> you make different decisions when you add yourself into the, into the equation. So now that you start putting yourself into the equation of knowing that the outcome of whatever it is that you're doing is going to affect you in some way, positive or negative, or you could be stagnant with the decision, but there's going to be some type of effect that comes to you. When you start looking at what you're doing and what you're not doing and, that, and knowing that it's going to cost you either your time, your money, or your effort, because procrastination is definitely going to cost you something. Your time is, um, let's say, if you would have tackled it in the beginning of whatever the issue is, the time value that it would have taken to resolve that issue probably would have been minimal. Now here you are six months into the future and you're looking at this situation and now things have piled onto it. The time that it would have taken you back then to resolve it now is multiplied. So procrastination costs you your time. The second thing it costs you, your money. Time is money, especially when it takes you away from something that you could do to generate income. So when you start looking at your time money factor, it starts calculating into your head of dollars. Remember, I'm a numbers person, so I transfer everything over to a number or a dollar. And by doing that, that lets me see what I need to do and how fast I need to do it because my time and my money are precious. And the third thing is effort. Anything you tackle in the beginning, if you're washing your dishes in your sink when you just have a cup and a plate, five minutes. But now you didn't wait it where you didn't get all Monday, you got a sink full of dishes. It's going to take more time. It's going to take more effort. So you got to get into the habit of tackling things when they occur and remembering that decision makers and leaders make decisions when decisions are necessary. So start training your mind to, and programming your mind to um, assess situations and then take action. Awesome. And I think that, that when, you, when you think about it that way, as far as um, procrastination and what it costs you in, in time and effort and money, um, because it's right, you know, I've, I live by myself. Nobody else washes the dishes. I'm the only one that puts stuff in there. And I say, hey, you know what? It's just one cup. It's just one saucer. It's just one plate. And if you keep doing that long enough, <laughs> then you've got a plate, a sink full of stuff you have to deal with. And I think if we use that analogy when it comes to dealing with things in our life that's unpleasant, um, I think that that will definitely shift your focus um, and, and kind of spur you on to act. Um, 
but I, I appreciate all of these all of these nuggets that you have dropped on everyone today. Um, tell us a little bit about what's coming up next. Um, I know they'll, um, as I always tell everyone, they can go to my website and they'll be able to find more information specifically about you and links and everything about how to get in touch with you. But for people who are just listening, what's coming up next for you and how can they get in touch with you to be a part of this movement to help them kind of move into living their best life now? Oh, awesome. So I got some great things happening this year. I got programs that I've developed that's really going to help people walk through what they're going through to get on the other side. So if it is financial that they're looking to walk through, I have a financial action, action strategy plan that allows them to go through the journey of understanding where they are, bridging that gap, getting to the other side so that they can understand how to financially prepare themselves for the future years. And inside that financial action strategy plan, we're talking about vision, we're talking about habits, needs, and wants. It really helps you build out a great document that you can take that is um, it's not a static document, so you can continue to add to it so that you can really build your finances. Remember, I told you I started really, really monitoring myself in 2015, and over the years, I can see the growth in my bank account, in my spending habits, in my vision, where I want my money to go. Um, everything is kind of mapped out for me, and with that mapping, I'm able to not make poor financial decisions. So I even use the financial action strategy plan. I update it yearly. Awesome. Um, the second thing I have is if you are dealing with the emotional side of, of handling life, I have a workbook that is called Turning Point, A Guide to Living Your Best Life Now, okay. that you walk through um, different scenarios and things that I've encountered. And at the end, it has some things to ponder where people can reflect, use the, the, um, the example that I gave, and then some action steps on how they can look through situations that they may have encountered and how to address them in the future. Because what we want to do is make people whole or to ensure that people can walk through traumatic incidents that happen to them that are supposed to be showstoppers, but they don't. We need to realize that everything in life is figure outable. So you can figure it out. I have created action steps to help you do that. That's awesome because now when people, I think in this day and age, especially with social media um, and, and access to all these different people on the internet, you know, like you, there, there is no reason or excuse for you to say that you don't have the tools at your disposal to be able to get things done and to, and to move your life forward. Because, you know, people like Sabrina, people like myself, um, other coaches and, and um, strategists and, and people that have programs and books, there's just so much out there that can help you move forward and be able to really take charge of your life. Um, give the people your website for those who are just listening. Great. I am at www.buildingbeautiful, and beautiful is B-E-Y-O-U-T-I-F-U-L.com. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for dropping some nuggets. Um, if you go to my website at carsgroup.com, that's K-A-R-S group.com, click on the link for podcast. You will find information about Sabrina, um, more about her bio and her story, as well as links to her website and other ways that you can get in touch with her um, so that you can get the planner and you can get started on living your best life now. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sabrina. I appreciate it wholeheartedly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. And thank you to everyone who is listening um, to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, where we give you tools, tips, strategies, and actionable items where you can change your mindset and master your success. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers. Thanks a lot for joining me. And tune in again next week, where we will bring you additional information um, actionable items that you can use in order to make your life the way that you want it to be. Until next time, make it a great one.